Hi everyone, let me ask you this question. Do you take a day each week to rest and to worship? Why should we do this? And of all the days of the week, why has the church down the ages always gathered to worship on a Sunday? And anyway, what is Sabbath? We tend to think of Sabbath as a day of rest, but as we'll see, it is much, much more than just that. We're continuing today to look at Mark's gospel, and we're going to look at what Jesus says about Sabbath. So let me read a passage to you now. This is Mark chapter 2, beginning at verse 23. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the cornfields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some ears of corn. The Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiatar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Another time he went into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked them, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil? to save life or to kill. But they remained silent. He looked round at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. Amen. Before I unpack this passage, let me try to summarize very briefly what the Old Testament has to say about Sabbath or the Hebrew word Shabbat, before we then look at how Jesus takes that and stretches the meaning even further. Well, the first time we come across Sabbath is in the creation story, right at the start of the Bible. And we see that Sabbath is about rest. Genesis 1 tells us how God created the heavens and the earth. He created everything in six days or six eras, six epochs. And then Genesis chapter 2 tells us that God then rested on the seventh day. We read this in Genesis 2 verses 2 and 3. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Have you ever thought how most of how we measure time is hardwired or can be observed in creation itself? So a year is the time taken for the earth to rotate around the sun. A month is the time taken for the moon to rotate around the earth. And a day is the time taken for the earth to rotate on its axis. But a week, 
that isn't anything to do with the physicality of the universe. A week, seven days, is a construct invented by God intentionally. And the inventor has chosen the seventh day to be a day of rest. He's put rest into the pattern, the rhythm of creation on purpose. It's interesting that the very first thing described as holy in the Bible is time. Genesis 2 verse 3 says, and God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. And we are made in the image of God and reflect his holy image when we observe the Sabbath. It's a way to enter God's rest. Actually, Hebrews uh, chapter four, verse 11 says, it's disobedience to God not to enter that rest. It's a way to trust God, to trust that he can do more with our six days of work than we can do with seven days ourselves. And Sabbath is a way of reminding ourselves that we are made in God's image and not the other way around that God is not made in our image. It reminds us that he is sovereign and we are ruled by the Holy Trinity, God the Father, Son and Holy Spirit, rather than ruled by the tyranny of the Trinity of self, my needs, my wants, my feelings. Sabbath is therefore also about worship. On the seventh day, God rested so that he could enjoy creation with his creation and creation is meant to worship the creator. Now, if you read Genesis 1, the creation narrative, you'll notice a literary pattern. Each of the first six days of creation ends with exactly the same words. It says, and there was evening, and there was morning the first day, and, then there, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day, and so on. But it doesn't say that for the seventh day. The seventh day never ended. It wasn't meant to. We were made not just to rest from work, but to work from a place of rest, God's rest. But then of course, the book of Genesis goes on to tell the story of the fall, the disobedience of humankind. And as a result, work was cursed. It became hard work, but that wasn't how God created it to be which leads on to the next explanation of Sabbath in the Old Testament story. And we find it explained again in the Exodus from Egypt. And here we see Sabbath as freedom from slavery. The people of God had ended up in slavery in Egypt and we read of Pharaoh's endless, relentless pursuit of more seeing the Hebrew slaves as, as commodities of whom he demanded they produce ever more bricks, ever more produce without rest. Ever increasing number of bricks were to be made from ever decreasing amounts of raw materials, no rest for the slaves, this endless consumerism and commoditization of people, always in slaves, even today. And the people of God cried out and God heard them and raised up Moses and miraculously led them out of Egypt into the wilderness and gave them the law with the climax of the Ten Commandments given on Mount Sinai. 
and we read the fourth commandment in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 to 11. Let me read the, the fourth out of the Ten Commandments to you now. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labour and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. You see, in stark contrast to the never-ending demands of Pharaoh that epitomize slavery, here we see God's commandment of observing the Sabbath, a way to resist slavery and the commoditization of people, and instead to promote corporate freedom. You know, the, the first three commandments are all about how to love God, and the last six are all about how to love your neighbor. But it is the fourth commandment, Sabbath, which links how we love God and how we love our neighbor. Think of it this way. The Sabbath is a communal day of rest. It only works if we all do it. If we work on the Sabbath, it inevitably forces others to work or to feel the repercussions of our work. So if you send uh, your staff or a colleague uh, a work message on a Sunday, they feel obliged to reply and work. Or if you work on a Sunday, you shortchange your family of your attentive presence with them. This communal nature means that there's no such thing as this is my Sabbath or when is your Sabbath. There is only this is our Sabbath. And notice that verse 10 says that it's for you, your children, your workers, your animals or means of production, even the alien living among you. It's a day to step away from things and into relationship, relationship with God and relationship with others. It's a day to live as if our work is complete, as God's work was on the seventh day. It's a day to celebrate freedom from slavery. So that's what we see in the Old Testament. Sabbath is rest and worship, Sabbath is freedom. But then we get to Jesus in the New Testament and our reading in Mark 2 and 3. And here we see Jesus's attitude to the Sabbath questioned twice by the Pharisees and later the Herodians, the religious and Jewish political leaders of the day. And once they question him because Jesus's disciples pick and eat corn, which was considered work, and once because Jesus heals on the Sabbath, also considered work. Now, Jesus does not condone the breaking of the Sabbath, but he draws out a bigger principle. He says that, yes, it's a day of rest, but that doesn't mean it's a day to do nothing. It's a day of worship. It's a day to do good by loving others. And it's a day to bring others into that place of rest with God. So firstly, his disciples were plucking ears of corn on the Sabbath as they walked along because they were hungry. The Jews had 39 forbidden activities on the Sabbath 
And this was considered one of them. Actually, it was the, the third um, thing that wasn't allowed, which was reaping. And in response, Jesus refers to the story in 1 Samuel chapter 21, in which David had taken the presence bread. They were the 12 newly baked loaves of bread that were laid out in two rows on the table in front of God in the tabernacle every Sabbath. And David had taken these loaves and given them to his hungry soldiers on the Sabbath. And now here, Jesus's disciples were also taking corn from which you make bread and eating it as food too. Now, apart from Jesus here insinuating that he is the messianic, he is the messianic king of the line of David and that uh, there is now the priesthood of all believers who follow him, Jesus is also making a profound point, namely that human need is more important than religious reputation and ritual. The Sabbath is not a day to do nothing. It's a day to do good. The rabbis used to teach that indeed the Sabbath is delivered unto you. You are not delivered to the Sabbath. But here Jesus takes this even further. In Mark uh, chapter two, verse 27, he says this to them. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man, that's a title for himself, Jesus. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Do you know the only time Jesus ever described himself as the Lord of something was right here when he called himself the Lord of the Sabbath. He is the one who determines the purpose of Sabbath. Then the second time that they criticize Jesus is when Jesus heals a man with a shriveled hand on the Sabbath. Rabbinic teaching at the time allowed for Sabbath healing if life was in danger, but this was not the case here. Instead, Jesus again makes this point in Mark 3 verse 4. Then Jesus asked them, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they remained silent. Jesus often healed people when they came to him in need. But on seven occasions throughout the Gospels, Jesus initiates the healing of someone himself. And on every single one of those seven occasions, he did it on the Sabbath. Now, why was that? Well, Jesus is also associating Sabbath as a day of healing, a day of salvation and restoration. In fact, the Hebrew word for rest means to be re-sold, to have your soul restored. The Sabbath is a day when we become even more acutely aware of the kingdom of God breaking in to this world and advancing in our lives. Yes, this happens every day, but the Sabbath is a day to really see that in action. When we put our faith in Jesus, we begin to 
already live out eternal life, the life of the world to come. And Sabbath is a picture, a foretaste of this life. It's a little slice of heaven. And this leads us to the most profound point about Sabbath. Jesus is the personification of Sabbath. If Sabbath is about rest, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You will find rest for your souls, Matthew 11. Only in Christ do we find true inner rest and peace for our souls. If Sabbath is about a day of worship, Jesus is the one we worship. He is not just Lord of the Sabbath, but he is Lord over all of our lives and worthy of our praise. If Sabbath is about freedom, Jesus said of himself, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed, John 8, 36. Free from guilt, free from shame, free from addictions. We can so easily get addicted to work as a means to bury ourselves away from our problems or a way to forge an identity or to pursue wealth or self-worth. Today, Jesus can set you free from any addiction, even workaholism. If Sabbath is about healing, salvation and restoration, then it is because Jesus died for you and for me on the cross that we can know salvation. You can have a restored relationship with God and healing in his name. Genesis 2 says that God rested on the seventh day because his work was finished. On the cross, Jesus cried out, it is finished, his saving work complete. If Sabbath is about doing good, then we do so in Jesus' name, empowered by his spirit, taking that command from scripture, not to be overcome by evil, but to overcome evil with good. Now the Israelites kept Saturday, the seventh day as their Sabbath. Sunday was the first day of the week, hence Saturday was the seventh day. But the early church moved the Sabbath to Sunday. Why was that? Because Jesus, the embodiment of the Sabbath, rose from the dead on a Sunday, that first Easter Sunday. The church called it the eighth day, the day of new creation. God's redemption and recreation of the world has begun. And just as the seventh day of creation was never meant to end, so we still live now in this eighth day of the week, in the time of recreation, in the light and hope of the resurrection of Christ and of our resurrection to come. And a Sunday is the first day of the week. Once again, we start from a place of rest in him. We work from a place of rest in Christ, from a surplus, rather than working ourselves into a deficit all week and then trying to rest on the last day of the week to try and get back to zero. I don't know about you, but I want to function in credit rather than deficit. So what does all this mean for us? Well, Sunday is our Sabbath day. There's no other day of the week that it can be. And well done for watching this. <laughs> that means you, you, you're engaged spiritually on uh, Sabbath day. It is the day 
to worship together, to be resold and restored when we are weary. It's a day to do good together and not to work. It's to bring healing to others and freedom in Christ and to invite them into God's presence and rest. Now, by all means, it might also be wise to take another day or half day in the week to do nothing or to do your life admin and chores, but Sunday is special. It is the Sabbath. It is a gift to us. It is a command to us, and it's a gift that we bring to the world. So let me pray right now. Why don't you go into an attitude of prayer as well, just still yourself, and let me pray. Lord Almighty, thank you that you are the God of rest and restoration, of healing and of salvation. And we pray, come Holy Spirit, would you come and rest upon everyone watching this right now. And once again, hear the words of Jesus. All you who are weary and burdened, come to me and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I will give you rest for your souls. And if you're struggling with an addiction right now, it might be workaholism or it might be some other addiction. You might be addicted to a substance. You might be addicted to what you watch online. You might be addicted to a, a habit or an attitude of your heart. You can get addicted to, to anger even. Whatever you're addicted to, if you wanna be free from that right now, it is Jesus who breaks the power of sin and those unhelpful patterns in our lives. So be free now in the mighty name of Jesus. You are a new creation. You are in Christ. You rose from the dead, having been crucified with him. The old has gone, the new is here. This is the day of recreation. And in him, if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship.